Rogers plays here. Get the latest from the Packers quarterback every Tuesday at 1.30 and again at 5 on 540 ESPN and ESPNWisconsin.com. It is the Aaron Rodgers Show. Tuesdays with Aaron, the second to last program of the 2012-13 NFL season. Joining us from Parts Unknown over the phone, it is the reigning NFL MVP and Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Hey, how are you? I'm good, buddy. I I got word you're in the studio today. Uh, you're actually doing some actually doing some work. I, I'm I'm visiting the city of Milwaukee, where you often come for Brewers games and Bucks games, and your Mac Fund event will be here in May. So that's all great. Um, where are you? I'm in sunny Southern California. You sound better too. You're not sick anymore. You're finally over the. I think yeah. Illness? I think we're just about over that. Yeah, it took a while. It took a while, but I think we're just about uh, out of the woods there. It doesn't hurt to have uh, sixty degree weather outside either. Well, it's fifty nine degrees here, so it's a little rainy, but otherwise, it's record setting high temperatures in Wisconsin. Ah, um, uh, global warming. Indeed, climate change. You uh, so you're over your illness. And now you've got Pro Bowl fever after that game, yeah. right? Did you watch the game? Uh, I tuned in for a short short amount of time. And what did uh, you think? I think that uh, there was a lot of talk uh, about how hard uh, the game was played. It seemed like that was uh, one of the focuses for... Um, Everyone involved was to talk about how how hard the game was being played. And and did you think you, interesting that you would choose the phrase? There was a lot of talk about it. Did you think that the actual game was played at that effort level? And do you think that the game uh, is going to stay now? Or, or what's your take? I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. I didn't. Um, you know, I think in this case you'd maybe have to watch more of the game to have a good opinion on that. So I didn't, you know, I don't want to comment on how hard it was played. I, I did did think that the one guy who stood out in the few moments I watched was JPP. It looked like he was going hard just about every snap. Um, so I got to give him a lot of credit for that. Um, I'm sure he didn't make the, uh, the tackle across from him very happy, but uh, he looked like he was coming pretty hard every play. When you talk to guys, and, and I thought this was another one of the topics that he, that they discussed during the game, um, the fact that five of the seven Patriots players weren't there, you weren't there, Clay Matthews wasn't there, a lot of, I, I think, in fact, all three of the NFC quarterbacks who were selected weren't there. Is there is there a reluctance? Is there a, I mean, what's the vibe among players when you're chosen for the Pro Bowl? Is it is it something you're excited about early on in your career, and then if you have a legitimate injury, you're going to use it to not go? I mean, how how do guys view it? Well, it's an honor to be selected because you got to understand it's a three part system. It's you know the fans, the the coaches, and your fellow players. So that's that makes you feel good. Um, you know, voting is is always uh, interesting. You, you know, sometimes guys like Josh Sitton don't get voted in. You know, it's kind of a year after they should be voted in, and um, you know, so that's you know, that's I know an area of contention among people. It is a it is a good time. I was one of the 
few guys who probably was able to go to the Pro Bowl in uh, Florida and Hawaii. Uh, <laughs> right. What did you think of that? What, what was your preference there in the Super Bowl city, or would you rather take the trip to Hawaii? Well, it's hard to go against Hawaii. Um, that was, uh, I mean, so I think Hawaii is definitely the preference. But I, I really enjoyed the the one in Fort Lauderdale. It was my first one. Um, got to hang out with the Dallas staff and uh, you know be around some new coaches and, and learn some new terminology. That's fun. I know their offense was, I'm sure, dumbed down like ours ours was in the Pro Bowl last year. But uh, but, but I really enjoyed that experience being my first one. And um, yeah, but I, I have you know a couple legit injuries. I, I can't speak for everyone in here. I'm sure that you know guys. Guys are dealing with uh, with injuries, and that's why they're not uh, they didn't play on Sunday. Now, the other thing I just wanted to ask you about the Pro Bowl before we move on is that Tom Clements got to call the plays. We actually got to hear some of those plays being called on the broadcast. Is that something that you and Mike and Tom have ever talked about, about him maybe getting an opportunity to, to call plays? The offense is incredibly productive last, you know, not this past season, but the season before you put up the second most points in NFL history. But is that something that gets talked about ever inside the uh, inside the office? Uh, no. Okay. That's that's Mike's domain. That's, yeah, no, no, Mike, uh, Mike has been calling the plays for a long time, and I think his track record speaks, speaks for itself. Uh, the other thing about this week, obviously, today is media day at the Super Bowl. I remember one of your quotes from your trip to the Super Bowl was, uh, and I looked it up just to make sure I didn't misquote you, I'm just trying to get through the 60 minutes without saying anything stupid. Um, were you successful at Media Day, and what is your recollection of that experience? I think it was pretty successful. The one thing that uh, that I definitely remember was it was very, very cold inside uh, the Jerry Dome. For whatever reason, uh, I was freezing in I think it was even guys on the on the fringe farther out at the podium. I remember Donald Driver talking to Don, and he said that he was absolutely freezing on, on that end. Uh, it was just, I don't know if they didn't turn the air conditioning on, or didn't, you know, they didn't expect it to be the temperature that it was, but uh, it was really cold, uh, and you're kind of just waiting for those 60 minutes to get through so you can go, you know, Put a sweatshirt on or something because we you wear your jersey and your football pants for whatever reason. I'm not sure what the reason is. I guess it's because we take a picture right before that. But uh, it was fun. I, the thing that happens on media day is uh, you know either you're at a podium or you're walking around. I was at a podium, and so you get a wave of reporters first, and then they go away. Then you get another wave of reporters, uh, and they go away, and you get another wave. It's just kind of waves, so it's a lot of the same questions. Um, so I find my found myself repeating answers, and it, it's a test in patience, definitely. Um, but also, you have media from all over the world, and media that's not entirely sports media. So you have, uh, you know, people from some of the late night shows who are trying to ask you just absolutely ridiculous questions, get you to say something funny, or maybe slip up. Uh, those kind of questions, and then uh, you know, a, a test in my my Spanish recollection recollection from high school. Couple <laughs> uh, people asked questions in Spanish. How'd you do? And then there was, I did I did okay. I, I actually uh, I understand it better than I speak it. If that if that makes sense, I can you know, if someone's talking, I can kind of understand better than when I'm trying to conjugate the uh, you know, ar, <laughs> ir, er verbs and the 
past and future tense. So what you're saying is we won't we won't do this show on ESPN Deportes next season at any point. Maybe ESPN the Ocho. uh, (laughs) Yeah, it was a it was a fun day. Something you as a kid, you know, you you enjoy watching uh, kind of snips from the um, you know from the Super Bowl media day, and it was fun to be a part of. And look forward to doing that again sometime. Nice. So did. Do you remember any wacky characters? I remember there was like a kid from like Nickelodeon with a cape on. Uh, I don't. I don't know if there were any other real wacky characters dressed up in silly costumes. Do you? Was there anybody that came to your podium that you remember doing something outlandish? Mm, I mean, there was a uh, guy that works for. I think it's Letterman. Um, one of the comedian guys they have, he asked me some wacky questions, uh, which I don't really recall right now. I mean, it's, it was kind of a blur, the whole 60 minutes. But uh, but no, a lot of the times the wackiness actually happens to the guys walking around because when you're at the around the podium, there's actually some media who cover sports. So I think some of the people maybe were a little bit, uh, you know, shy to maybe ask some of the bizarre questions, knowing that they could be on camera. So I think some of my teammates got some of the crazy requests and questions who were maybe walking around a little bit more. So the other, that was televised all day this morning, both with uh, ESPN and the NFL Network. Also televised will be the pregame show, and the news from CBS is that Clay Matthews will be on it. Now, I take it CBS did not reach out to you is that right? Uh, yes. Okay. So and, they uh, they uh, never asked you because there was a there was a story somewhere that said you had turned them down, and I didn't think that was the case. So Clay gets the opportunity to be on. You did this last year for NBC. How hard is that gig, and how much did you enjoy that gig? Do you have some advice for Clay? Yeah, I loved it. Uh, you know, I really enjoyed my time there. It's been, uh, and I've gotten to know. Um, Dick Ebersol and Fred Gadelli over the years, uh, producers of the, you know, NBC, and um, you know they were instrumental in getting me the opportunity, and then I really enjoyed uh, all that went with that, being able to work with uh, a guy like Bob Costas, who um, is a legend in uh, you know in, in TV sports and just all the amazing things that he's covered, um, and being able to work with uh, you know Heinz Ward on set. We had a great time together, had a lot of segments. Um, Dan Patrick, obviously Coach Dungey, Rodney. Uh, it, it, was a, it was a fun day. You know, the day before, you actually, we did a, a rehearsal, kind of a walkthrough. And uh, and I, I think after the walkthrough, there was uh, maybe a little bit of reservation from the NBC people wondering uh, how I was going to be the following day. Uh, I remember my last words were, don't worry about me, I'm going to be fine. Uh because it, you know the rehearsal for me, I, I didn't do as well as I did uh, on Sunday, and so I made sure I got a, a better night's sleep Saturday night and woke up Sunday morning um, feeling pretty good about what I needed to do to come off the right way and wanted to sound intelligent and, and not uh, flub any lines, um, which I really only flubbed um, uh, Gronk's name there right at the end of my my time on TV. It was it was a good time, and I've, I've been able to talk to Clay and excited uh, for him and his opportunity. You know, when you get those situations, they really uh, you know I went in with a bunch of stats and numbers and wanted to sound really intelligent, 
and you kind of get in there and they say, hey, look, we just want you to talk about your experiences, um, kind of some stories you remember and any anecdotes that, you know, are not, uh, you know, pretty generally well known. So um, I kind of pass that on to Clay, and I think he's going to do a great job. Um, you know, they're going to help him out, put him in situations to to, uh, to sound smart and, and come off well, and, and he has a great personality. You can see it on his, on his commercials and when he does interviews, and I think he's going to do a great job. Do you, uh, he has to go ponytail, right? You can't let the hair flow like that on uh, on that broadcast? I would think a, a slick uh, ponytail would be how he would go, but you never know. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know if they, they want him to have the, the wild hair, but... Uh, I'm going to start a rumor and say that he's thinking about cutting his hair. <laughs> Will you be in New Orleans this week at all? Have you decided now whether you're going or not? Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm, i i got to make that decision here pretty quickly. But uh, there are some opportunities out there, so um, there's a good chance I will. Whether you go or not, our D-list question for the day uh, is, will you watch the Super Bowl? Will you, I mean, there yeah. are some guys who yeah. will say they won't watch because they're not in it. You, you will watch? Oh, for sure. I'm a uh, I'm a sports fan and had many uh, many great memories around the TV with uh, with family, whether it's at my aunt's house, my grandma's house, or really the last ten or twelve years, my parents have hosted a party at their house watching the Super Bowl. And uh, football has always been a part of our family. And I, I think most people are kind of like myself, unless you're just crazy diehard fan. Uh, you get as excited about the Super Bowl commercials uh, as you do for the game. And, and I know it's going to be an exciting game, uh, but I'm always uh, excited to see what the, I don't know what the price is this year, but I'm guessing it's a couple million dollars for 30 seconds will uh, will get you. So uh, definitely looking forward to the commercials. So did you watch a Super Bowl from the Llama Farm? No, no, different ant. Okay. I always different have to ant. check whenever you mention an ant. I don't know if they have TV up there. <laughs> You've only got two shows left to tell that story, by the way. Um, I had, I had, a, I had, and then I had one serious topic that I wanted to get to before we do the Ask Aaron questions for the week, and that was there's been a lot of talk this week about player safety again and health. Bernard Pollard from the Ravens came out said he doesn't think the NFL will exist in 30 years because he thinks fans will lose interest if it's played like the Pro Bowl and there's no hitting. President Obama, who you've met a couple of times, uh, came out and, and said that if he had a son, he doesn't know if he would let him play football. Um, I'm wondering, as you watch these stories kind of, again, be renewed and come out, what goes through your mind as someone who's, who's obviously played the game and, and cares about the game? Well, I think they're interesting comments. I think you have to, uh, you have to at least uh, listen to them, read them, and think about uh, you know they, they make you think about uh, how you feel about your game and and the future of your game. I, I think uh, the future of the game is, is in the hands of the players, and, and we have the opportunity to um, to impact the next generation as as we thank uh, the men who went before us and paved the way uh, for you know our contracts and our livelihood and and the, the way the game is today. So we have a legacy to think about as players. Um, we're part of, uh, you know, a different generation of football. Uh, one that uh, has seen some rule changes. I think it really helped um, provide, uh, you know, greater safety for the players. Uh, this is a, a time in our game where uh, concussions are right at the top of the main issues that uh, that our game that, that surround our game. And because of that, and when you're talking about uh, how concussions can impact your your post career life. 
Um, I think player safety has to be uh, most important and still protecting the integrity of the game, which I think we've done. Um, you know, there's uh, there's rules in place to uh, to give defenseless players um, greater safety. And I think us as players, we need to adjust to those rules. And uh, it is a violent game. I don't think that part's ever going to leave it. But I think, uh, um, you know, just thinking about your fellow player and player safety uh, is going to be on the minds of all of, uh, all of us playing the game as we move forward. And hopefully we can continue to, uh, to have a great game, uh, you know, in 31 years. I've, uh, I've seen you do some neat things during your career off the field as well as obviously on the field. And I think the It's Aaron campaign that you and David Gruber and the Mac Fund are doing is great. Uh, the events you've done for the Mac Fund, watching you with Jack, was powerful. You did something else that I had not seen. I don't know how this came together. I wanted to ask you about it uh, because you're part of it. Jeff Saturday's part of it. Mike McCarthy's part of it. Clay Matthews is part of it. Um, this ALS public service announcement with uh, Steve Gleason, Team Gleason. Uh, how did that come about, and, and what did it mean to be part of that? Because that, that was really striking. That was one of the better, you know, it's a hard topic, and I thought the way all you guys kind of came together on that piece, it really was something that, as a viewer, it really strikes you. Yeah, you know what? It was it was something that uh, I was approached about uh, probably over a month now ago, and um, Scotty Fujita and I, Scott went to Cal and, and more friends, and was approached by by him and um, some of uh, Steve's friends. And for me, it was a no brainer. Uh, just knowing Drew, knowing how much Steve means to Drew, uh, you know, being able to be a part of that to me was. That was the honor, um, and uh, a powerful video. I, I was able to see it uh, a couple of days ago, and uh, it was great to, to be able to be a part of that, to see my teammates and, and other guys across the league be able to be a part of that. Just watching that, uh, seeing Steve, I mean, it's uh, it resonates with you, and um, hopefully we can, we can raise more awareness for this. Um, and, you know, this is just, again, just a small little opportunity to be a part of the greater movement. And those are things that I'm always looking forward uh, to, to finding and being a part of. And uh, you know, I, thank, uh, I thank those guys for including me in that because that was a very powerful video, and I hope, uh, hope everybody gets a chance to see that. A- ALS is obviously uh, better known by a lot of people as Luke Gehrig's disease. The Ravens uh, have a connection to it, obviously, with one of their front office guys who's been a very big inspiration for them have you i mean it's a devastating awful disease i mean it's it's hard to believe steve gleason who's probably most known play was blocking a punt in that first game back at the superdome after katrina to see him now i've seen the other stories on him have you been impacted by this in any way or or the experience of being you know part of this opportunity has that made you more interested in getting involved in it, I guess? Well, to be honest with you, you know, I really feel strongly that, uh, you know, the NFL is, is, uh, is a community. And, um, you know, I don't know Steve personally, but uh, and I don't know anyone uh, personally that uh, has been affected with ALS. But uh, I do know that 
there's there's people and families out there who are affected and hurting, and, and just being able to be a part of uh, some some great people uh, with a max fun to be able to meet some incredible people who uh, have been affected with tragedies uh, or have have been uh, a part of the enjoyment of of the relief of getting over um, cancer or blood or blood disease. Um, this, these kind of things affect so many more people than just the just the patient um, and there's a lot of people involved and when you can be a part of a, a you know a movement like this um, you know it's 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 a lot of satisfaction and um, I think as an NFL community we need to look out for each other help each other out help each other with our causes and uh, with this opportunity I was able to uh, to help a fellow a fellow brother um, who uh, you know, who played this game and played at a high level. Well, let's get to the Ask Aaron questions. It's your second-to-last chance to participate in the show. We'll do one more next week. You can send them via email. You can send them by Sports Yapper. Or you can send them via Twitter with the hashtag Ask Aaron. Uh, the first one comes from Craig, who saw you tweeting about UFC lately. He's wondering what you thought of the Showtime Pettis win on Saturday. Milwaukee guy, right? Isn't he a Milwaukee guy? I didn't see it. I feel bad. I, I was uh, I was busy and I didn't get a chance to watch it. Um, I am a big fan of the UFC um, and do enjoy every opportunity to watch uh, to watch it. I'm, you know, it's it's fun having it on uh, FX and Fox every now and then. But uh, I did see the uh, the Rampage fight recently, um, but. Uh, didn't see uh, the one that he's talking about. Why? Why do you? What do you like about UFC? You're not a wrestling guy, right? You like it that it's real as opposed to wrestling, or? Oh, I was definitely a wrestling guy. <laughs> I think that's that's pretty well known. I was yes. definitely a wrestling guy growing up. Uh, I meant now. Yeah. Well, you no. Know, my dad was a big boxing fan growing up, and he kind of was able to be a part of uh, when he was. Uh, in college and 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 just after college, a great era in boxing with uh, Sugar Ray Leonard and Tommy Hearns and Mike Tyson's run to the top and the end of Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier, their careers, George Foreman. Um, so we grew up watching, you know, watching boxing on TV, um, playing Evander Holyfield's Real Deal Boxing on Sega Genesis uh, was an awesome game. But I think that boxing. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of the major fights in the last five, ten years just haven't quite lived up to the billing. Now, I'll exclude the Marquez and, and Pacquiao fights. Those have been uh, pretty incredible. But not being able to have Marquez fight uh, Floyd Mayweather, um, you know, and, and having some of these build as major marquee fights just not quite live up to the, you know, maybe some of the memories that we have from uh, – um, you know, from the '80s and '90s, uh, you know, '90s for me, watching, watching Mike Tyson and Riddick Bowe and Lennox Lewis and some of these guys who were, um, you know, part of some pretty good fights. Uh, that being said, I, I've turned to uh, a sport like UFC where um, you're usually going to get a pretty explosive result and and uh, and a pretty concrete one. There's not going to be any uh, 12 rounds split decisions. It's it's going to be uh, two guys going at it going at each other, and uh, and there's usually going to be a clear-cut winner. Fanny wonders, did you respond or see the tweet from PGA rookie Scott Langley asking 
for you to partner with him at the Pebble Beach AT&T Pro-Am? I did not see that now. You get a lot of mentions, uh, I'm guessing. It's hard to keep track. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Uh, I did not see that. Are you still playing? Are you going to play in it again this year? Have you been invited? I have been invited, yes. And if my body is feeling uh, feeling good enough, I am going to play. And and if your game is uh, up to snuff? No, it's not about that. You just, you just have to have a partner who makes a lot of birdies. <laughs> uh, Natalie wonders, do you and your brother Jordan get a chance to work out together in the offseason? I would add to Natalie's question, will you be able to help him prep for the draft? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's great. He's actually training out here in California, so he's only about an hour away. And uh, that makes it really really good for us. He's actually in Dallas right now doing uh, a skills competition, much like I did when I was um, coming out for the draft in early 2005. So I'm excited for him. Uh, it's actually today. He's got a chance to uh, uh, win some prizes. I I, uh, I won both my events my year. Uh, I was against David Green, uh, Kyle Orton, and Jason White, where in Miami, and I, I won the long-distance throw, and I won the accuracy competition. And the two TVs I won from that event, I mean, last I me. Mean, Really, up until last year, did uh, did they both finally burn out? They were plasma TVs. I thought it was the coolest thing ever, and <laughs> um, still have great memories about that competition. So that being said, I'm going to help him uh, when he's back uh, in town, and uh, he's got some great people to work with up there, uh, help him with uh, getting ready for his his pro day and, uh, and throwing the football. What did you uh, have to do for the accuracy competition? Throw a ball into the back of a pickup truck? <laughs> No, you know what? I'm not sure if I mean, they've changed some of the competition stuff, but at the time, I, I thought it was a record that could never be uh, touched because it was golf carts with these uh, targets on them, and I believe I hit four of the six bullseyes uh, and hit the board every time uh, as well. So, it's some good footage back there. Marissa Miller was actually the guest host. Uh, Aaron Brooks. Uh, was uh, was the guest analyst at the time. He was you know playing at a high level. Oh, we need to find this on YouTube somewhere. Some good stuff. Uh, Steve wants to know if Troy, you... Troy, Troy Williamson was the uh, was the winner on the uh, skilled guest side. Really, I got to find this. I want to see this because I don't remember it. Um, Steve wants to know if you could join any band in concert for one song, <clears throat> who would it be? Uh, it's uh, got to really be Pearl tough. Jam, no? Yeah, I mean, I gotta say, like Pearl Jam or Bone Thugs, right? Because that's how we play on this show. Uh, <laughs> I don't think you're contractually yeah. obligated to either of those bands, and I think Bone Thugs is broken up, isn't it? Yeah, you know what? Well, they had a little comeback recently. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say because I'm, I'm good buddies with him. He's my cow brother. I'm gonna say Adam Duritz and Counting Crows mm. for like an encore holiday in Spain. My favorite. Just slightly above Mr. Jones. But the Crows are probably my my all-time favorite uh, favorite band. It helps that Adam and I are buddies. Um, so Counting Crows on stage. Uh, holiday in Spain. I've, I've taught myself how to play it on guitar. Um, that I mean, that's followed real closely. Second by Lightning Crashes by Live and uh, Better Man by Pearl Jam. So I uh, I happened upon in my travels through the internet the interview that you did 
with uh, Laura Oakman, uh, where you're playing the guitar on the beach, and she's staring at you longingly. The uh, what's your point? Come on. Uh, <laughs> Are there the question from Melinda is do you have any more plans for singing and guitar lessons because you talked on that video about taking some lessons how you'd been self-taught are you going to expand those lessons this off season uh, you don't like it when I, I bring have, up that interview do you I don't have any plans to uh, to do any more lessons at the moment um, I will give a plug for my buddy Dan over at Hyde music on Oneida Street he's an excellent uh, guitar teacher you gave him a plug in that video too I might add uh, yeah. well. A couple more quickly. Jerome asks, what are your thoughts on fellow teammate Donald Driver hinting at retirement? Now, I would add to that, there was a story today from Drew Smith at Fox 11 in Green Bay saying that, and I, I don't know who his sources are, but that the Vikings would be interested in Donald Driver if the Packers don't bring him back. <laughs> well, Donald has had an incredible career. Um, I've been uh, fortunate enough to be able to play with him for eight years and um, you know it's just been a pleasure it's been a pleasure to be around a guy uh, you know a guy like that I think he has done it the right way uh, been a Packer his entire career endeared himself to the fans um, has made a ton of plays for us uh, I can just think of um, that come to mind you know, in 2008, I hit him on a uh, out and out down the sidelines against Detroit. We were trying to trying to close out the uh, Detroit Lions at 0 and 16, and, um, and at the same time, I went over 4,000 yards, and he went over 1,000 yards in the play. Um, and that was a special moment for us. I believe it was a 70-yard touchdown. Um, and then the, the play against San Francisco in our blue uniforms in 2009. Um, well, I hit him down the seam, and he uh, made. Uh, you know, broke a ton of tackles, including Andrew Corliss, who was trying to tackle him. Uh, that was uh, that was a special moment. Um, you know, we've been able to uh, to make a lot of plays on the field. Um, spent some time with him at his charity event, seen you know what he has a heart for. Um, obviously, seen the work that he's done in and around Green Bay, and um, I think he's done it the right way and, and been everything that a Packer is supposed to be. If this is the end for him, I, you know, I've really enjoyed my time with him. Um, and uh, I think he's going to have uh, no problem transitioning to uh, something in the entertainment business, as we saw last year with Dancing with the Stars, how impressive he is uh, on camera and on a dance floor, um, or uh, in the sports business, um, because he's uh, a very intelligent uh, you know, guy who understands football and can, and can talk about it, or if he decides to uh, just be an all-pro dad, I'm sure that he's... Uh, and he's going to be great at whatever he decides to do. Speaking of retirements, Jeff Saturday announced uh, before the Pro Bowl and after he before he got to do the one snap with Peyton Manning that he was going to hang it up. I know you had said that you had wished that you'd gotten longer to play with him. Um, your thoughts on Jeff Saturday? And he spent most of his career in Indianapolis, but I know you enjoyed your one year with him. I really did. Jeff's a class guy. He is an absolute class act. I think. Uh, you know his impact on the team uh, is going to be something that that'll be uh, that'll be seen uh, throughout the next few years. Especially, I think that um, you know some of the things that he stood for, that he talked about, the way he handled himself, um, is going to have uh, an impact and a ripple effect on this team. And 
really appreciate the, the time we got to spend together. Uh, you know, I appreciate him supporting me and having my back and, uh, and blocking well for me. Uh, I think that he did, uh, he handled a tough situation uh, incredibly well. I think we can all learn a lot about about that. He's a man of faith, and uh, I know he relied heavily on his faith during a tough time. But uh, yeah, I, I just I wish him well, and uh, I know he's going to be productive in uh, in his post football career. From a writer's perspective, I really enjoyed covering him. I wish he would have been in your locker room longer. The uh, final question comes from Andrea, who has asked this repeatedly. May I ask for the llama story? Is it time yet? I don't even know what... I can't remember what story that we're talking you about here. You promised the llama story. You you started to tell it, and then you said, you know what, I'm not ready to tell it. And now you've got I, one I, show left after today. I'm going to have to wait then. I'm gonna, i I got to think about a good llama story. I, don't, I, I can't remember what I was talking about. You, better, you have to remind me. You better come up with a good one, Manti. Wow. The uh, we, we look forward to the llama story next week. We uh, look forward to seeing what may happen in the Super Bowl. We'll talk to you about the Super Bowl and uh, the rest of your off-season plans. And uh, we appreciate you making time for us. You bet. I will uh, I will say, as a teaser, you will want to tune in next week. Something uh, interesting to talk about. Really? Yep. Wow. All right, there's your cliffhanger from the second to last episode for this year of the Aaron and I'm not talking about And I'm not talking about the llama story. Okay, well, there you go. So tune in, same bat time, same bat channel next week. Aaron Rodgers promises something that you will not want to miss. Thanks, bud. We'll talk to you next week. All right, take care. This has been the Aaron Rodgers Show.